He is risen. Welcome to worship here at Springfield Church of the Brethren. It is Sunday, April, sun, April 17th, but most importantly, it is Easter. It is Resurrection Sunday. We have come to encounter an empty tomb, and it is a joyous thing. It is so wonderful to have you all here. I, I see we have family visiting us from around. I see we have some of our brothers and sisters who often join us online are also joining us in person today. And that is absolutely wonderful to have you all here. God of resurrection and life, the shadows of Good Friday have been dispersed by the light of Easter. We rejoice in your power that turns sorrow into joy and into help. And evil into goodness. Set us free on the stage of resurrection to burst out of the tombs that have trapped us. Let new life spring forth and bring grace to all. Through Lord Jesus Christ, the risen one. Amen. There's that old hymn we all know. I love to tell the story. And so this morning we are retelling the story as Luke recorded it in full. And so this morning we start just after Jesus and the disciples have finished their final supper together and have gone to the Mount of Olives. As we go through here, we will be singing hymns, for the most part, first verses only. But I invite you to hear the story now in full. Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. And he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? he asked them. Get up! Pray so that you will not fall into temptation. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called um, Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going on, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No, 
no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple court, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Join in our first hymn, number 241, Tis Midnight on Olive's Brow. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. Then when some of them had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard, he sat down, they sat down together, and he sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated in the firelight. She looked closely and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You are also one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this man was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you are talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside, and he wept bitterly. Jesus, remember me. Number 247. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and berating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, Prophecy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. At daybreak, the council of elders of the people, both the high priest and the teachers of the law, met together, and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I asked you, you would not answer. 
But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. And they all asked, Are you the Son of God? He replied, You say that I am. Then they said, Why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes the payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? He replied, You say that I am, or you have said so. Then Pilate announced to the chief priest and the crowd, I find no basis for charges against this man. But they insisted. He stirs up the people all over Judea with his teachings. He started in Galilee and has come all the way from there. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at the time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased, because for a long time he had been waiting for to see him. And what he had heard about him, he had hoped to see some sign or miracle of some sort. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed him, mocked him, and dressed him in an elegant robe. They sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, number 253. called together the chief priests and rulers and the people and said to them, you have brought me this man who was, uh, who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for the charges against him. Neither has Herod, and he has sent him back to us. And as you see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. But the whole crowd shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Now Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate again appealed to them, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For a third time he spoke to them. Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found on him no grounds for the death penalty. 
Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he was to be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand, and he released the man um, who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and for murder, the one they had asked for, and, so, and surrendered Jesus to their will. I've never actually read out of this Bible in church, so if you'll permit me, in the fulfillment of these verses from Isaiah chapter 53, there we go, 7 through 9. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened up not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison, from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off, cut out of the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. When I survey the wondrous cross, number They seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed uh, for him. And Jesus turned and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless woman. Blessed are the wombs who never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him, along with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. And they divided up his clothing by casting lots. The people stood watching, and even the rulers were sneering at him. They said, 
he has saved others, let him also save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are king of the Jews, then save yourself. There was a written notice above him that read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him, saying, Don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence, we are justly punished, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, you will be with me in paradise.
It was now about noon. And the darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. A centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness the sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, they stood at a distance and watched these things. There was a man, his name Joseph, a member of the Sanhedrin, the council, a good and upright man. He had not consented to the decision or the action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea. He himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down and he wrapped it in linen cloth and placed it in a tomb cut in a rock, one in which no had ever been lain. It was the preparation day and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how the body was laid in it. Then they went home prepared the spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. 
number 257, Were You There? On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone was rolled away from the tomb. But then they entered. When they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remembering how he told, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others who were with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, for their words seemed like nonsense. But Peter... He got up and he ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened.
like to invite the little ones up. I don't know if you can hear me, Gracie, but you too. Hey, guys. Do we hear them coming? All right. Hi, guys. Hey, let's all sit over there, actually. Let's go over here, man. Maya. Come on over here. She's coming. They heard her footsteps, right? Yep. There she is. Come on up, Gracie. Hey, Maya, let's come over here and sit with the boys. Hi, Gracie. You want to come sit with them? 
Bye, guys. All right, come sit with me. All right. All right. Do you guys, and I, I've, I've done this talk once with Gracie before, because she asked me this question, and I want to see what you guys know. What, what is this right here that we have lying on its side? Gracie, Colin, Maya, over here. Hey, okay, what is this? The cross. And we, we have a big one up there, right? Now, do you know why, why we have crosses in the church? Yeah, remind us of what Jesus and God did for us. But you'll notice, you'll notice the cross is always empty, isn't it? We never have Jesus on the cross, do we? At least not in our church. Some churches do, but ours, we never do. And, and do you know what this is here? It's the tomb. And is there anyone in the tomb? It's empty because he's risen. That's right. So every year we get together and we celebrate Easter. In fact, the church would not exist without Easter. Easter is the most important holiday because Gracie, Maya, my daughter has reached the age where she just wants to talk about clothes. I thought this was supposed to be another 10 years. Gracie, Maya, Colin, Maya, <laughs> hey, Maya, Gracie, Maya. there we go. Now I got your attention. Okay. So, yeah, we, we remember the tomb is empty because Jesus was risen. Jesus came back to life after he hung on the cross. But we keep the cross here to remind us that Jesus and God loved us so much that he was hung on here just for us. And then we keep it empty to remind us that life doesn't stop here. It doesn't stop on the cross. It doesn't stop when we die. It doesn't stop when you're put in the tomb, but that we get to live forever because Jesus was here and here. Yeah. And so today, we read the whole Easter story, and I did some funny things with candles and whatnot. You know, I, 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 I lit two candles, one for Jesus and, and one for Peter. Not Peter Rabbit, different Peter. <laughs> but you know what? Peter lost faith. He ran away. He was scared. And then we, we went over here and we, we laid down the elegant purple cloth that Jesus was supposedly put in. We, we opened up the scriptures to a passage that told us that this was going to happen. And we hung up the cross. But then the cross comes down, the tomb is open, and we're reminded that we have a chance of new life. And so that's what we celebrate today. And, and there's another way we celebrate. You see, we have a little symbol of life, a promise that there's always new life, though the way we have them is when there's no life in them because no one likes to eat these when there's a baby bird in them. So. I wanted to let you guys have these, and thank you to those who packed them, as a little symbol to remember that there's always a promise in new life. And guess what? Unlike the tomb, these eggs have something in them. But they're a reminder that there's a promise, that there's many things to come. Now, okay, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, we're going to do what's called the benediction. 
And the benediction, Gracie, this way. The benediction is the blessing that you give at the end of a sermon or a service. And so I'm going to say a blessing, and then I'm going to say, he is risen. And then I want you all to say back to me, risen indeed. So let's practice. I'm going to say, he is risen, and you say. All right, one more time. All you guys look at me. I'm going to say, risen indeed, okay? He is risen. All right, doing good. Now, when I do it next time, you're going to shout it out, okay? Yeah. All right. When I do it one more time, we're going to practice the shouting. He is risen. Risen indeed. Good job. All right. So, I'm going to do a blessing now. So, to everyone who has gathered, I know it seems like a simple service to read, but scripture, but there is such power in it I could not avoid. Such a story that I could not not tell. Yeah, I see. And so we come back to the scriptures. We come back to the story, to how the first Christians heard that there was something more happening. And so we come to Easter morning. You ready, girls? And we say, he is risen. He is risen. (laughs) Say, risen indeed. Okay, I'll try it again. He is risen. All right, now everybody, he is risen. What a wonderful way to end. Amen. And we'll have a closing choral benediction together. If you will stand in uh, low in the grave, he lay. 273.
already gave the benediction, so I'm not going to fully do that again. But what a wonderful song to end on. He arose. Hallelujah, he arose. Thank you all for coming. And as you leave this building today, may you find that this world is not the end. It is only the beginning. May you find the cross is empty and the tomb is as well. But our lives, our lives are filled. Amen.